many of us are ready for God's word? Okay, um, some did not respond. If you're sitting next to someone that did not respond, check their pulse. We want to make sure they're still with us. Let me ask it again. How many of us are ready for God's word? How many of us are believing for God's goodness in this service? How many of us can lean in today and say, Lord, I know that you always give good gifts because you're a good God. Now, I want you to take special note of the questions I ask before every service. There's a reason for that because questions are powerful. Questions are very, very powerful. I don't just do that to do it. I, and, and I start every service with a question because I want to direct your focus. We'll talk more about that later. But right now I want to share with you that, that the title of this series for this month is Best Year Ever. We're believing that 2020 will be the best year ever in the lives of God's people, in the life of this ministry, in the life of our children and youth, and that 2020 will be a Hallmark flagship year for God's glory, amen? But in order to have a great year, you need to be the best you ever. And we have to believe for God's greater purpose in our life for this year. This year that we're about to start, and how many of you know it's always easier to start off right than to start off wrong and try to course correct mid-year? So it's best to start off in the right direction. And uh, before we go any further, I'm going to jump down here. See, I'm still young enough. (laughs) And I'm going to put on something special to me. I don't know if you recognize what this is, but, but what is this? This is my Letterman jacket, and do you know I have not worn it in front of people since I graduated from high school? I just want you to notice something. I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just saying. I, I'm just saying. I, I'm just, I'm, I won't say anything else. I think that's said enough right there. But, <laughs> but there's a reason why I took it off, because... That summer was really hot, and when you live in Texas, especially Houston, Texas, you don't wear a jacket like this in the summer. So I took it off that winter, and I put it up, and I left it home, and I didn't take it to Baylor, even though these are Baylor colors for the most part. I didn't take it because you you cannot take the past into the future. Mm, That just went deep and didn't get a single amen. You cannot take the past into your future. There's some things you've got to be willing to let go of. And you two, the, the, how many of you know the band? It's, it's a small little band. You may not have heard of them, but it's it called U2. Um, anyone know the lead singer? He's, he's, he's sold a couple records, hasn't he? Um, U2, uh, the, the, the mega band, internationally known, has written a song called Stuck in a Moment. And I love the title for that because stuck in a moment, it's easy to get stuck in a moment. Problem is if you get stuck in a moment, you can get stuck living in the past. You say, but pastor, um, getting stuck in the past usually is associated with something negative. Yeah, it can be, but it can also be associated with something positive. Some of us, we all know the folks that cannot let go of high school. 
cannot let go of college. And they just keep going back and they just keep trying to relive the glory years. And, you know, I have some accomplishments, but this isn't who I am. Who I am is what I'm doing today. See, I was, uh, what does this say? Varsity swimming, I can remember this moment when I earned this patch. I can remember the moment when I earned this patch. And I can remember the moment when I earned this patch or this patch. And I'm not saying this to impress you, but to impress upon you that we all have moments that define our life, but they don't have to. Because some of those moments can, are sticky and they grab onto you. They may grab onto you with melancholy and fond remembrance and you wanna go revisit. The problem is the more you revisit, the less you live. See, when you're driving down the road, if you drive, anyone, anyone drive in the room? Raise your hand if you drive, just say I, I, I drive. And when you drive, you have two pieces of glass before you. One is the windshield and the other is about this big and it's a rear view mirror. Now the windshield is at least 20 times as big as the rear view mirror. Maybe it's because that's what we're supposed to be looking out of. Now what happens if we insist on driving looking in the rear view mirror? You're not gonna want, no one's gonna wanna drive with you or next to you in the lanes next to you because it's gonna be bad. And that's the way it is in life. In life, we're meant to look forward, not back. This is the reason the Apostle Paul says, forgetting what is behind, I strain, I press, I make movement towards what is ahead. Because it's what's ahead that is my promise, is my hope, is my future. And can I tell you something? No person can keep you from your purpose. No critic can keep you from your call. No deterrence or detour can keep you from your destiny. No foe can keep you from your future. The only one that can keep you from that is you. And you have to be careful not to get stuck in a moment. The good ones or the bad. And the truth is, some of us in this room have had some very trying moments. And you might be here today and saying to me, Pastor, you do not, you do not understand the divorce I went through and the heartache I endured, and the humiliation, and the, the degradation, and all of the nastiness that was spoken over me, or what I did or didn't do, and how I feel ashamed, or how I was made to feel ashamed, or, or you don't understand what happened to me as a child, you don't understand my upbringing, you don't, I don't understand any of those things, but one thing I do understand, if you give the enemy power, he will keep you stuck in that moment. And he will use the past to rob you of your future. And today I'm here to tell you there is freedom because he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Behold, Christ has come to make all things new. And if any man be in Christ, he is a? Come on, if any man be in Christ, he is a? New creation. Today I'm asking you to let go of the past, good, bad, or indifferent, and to grab hold of the future and to say, Lord, I know that I am made for something great because you made me and everything you do is great. And so, 
So I'm asking you to look towards the future, but the, the, the key is you can't live in the past and you can't live in the future. You go, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. You want me to look towards the future? Yeah, but, but you can get stuck in a, in a moment in the future too. That's called a daydream. You can get stuck daydreaming and always wishing and hoping and, and wanting and never doing. See, life is made to be lived right here, right now. That's why God says, I'm not the great I was or the great I will be, but the great I am. And because I am, let me show you who you are. And based on who I am, you are a son of the most high God. You are forgiven. You are precious. You are a masterpiece. You are special. And you are saved and called a son or a daughter of the king. That is powerful. That is powerful. I'm asking you, I'm asking you to engage in point number one. And point number one is be who you want to be. This is powerful. This idea of choosing. It's one of the greatest things that God gave mankind. The ability to direct your will. To choose. You're not a puppet. You're not a computer program. You are alive, and he predestined you free. He predestined you free. When he chose to make you, he chose to make you free. That you might reflect his his likeness. Not in the fullness of his likeness. You will never be exactly like God, but you reflect him. How do you reflect him? In the ability to choose. He is self-determining. You're not self-determining in that you cannot determine for yourself all things, but you have a certain likeness to that, and you can choose your own destiny here on earth. He gives you this time and space to allow you to choose, and that's a beautiful thing. Now, my question is this. How are you choosing? I just asked you to let go of the past. I asked you not to get caught up in the future, but instead to live for today. Because today, you are currently being who you will be. The state of beingness, I'm, I'm a philosopher by, by, by nature. I like to, to think in this way. And, and the state of being, I wish I had time to just, just let go on this thing. But, but you are currently being who you will be. Who you are is who you were being. That means your habits of yesterday created today. And your habits, your rituals, your actions... The things you do today will create who you will be. So you can choose today what 2020 is going to be like. And that's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to choose wisely. To start off in the right direction. To say, you know what? I do believe for more in 2020. I'm going to ask you to have faith. But I'm going to ask you to put your faith in something bigger than yourself. Put your faith in God. He won't disappoint you. Listen to what the psalmist says in Psalms 118, 24. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I want you to underline we will, and you can even change it to a personal statement. You're not changing the Bible. You're just personalizing it and saying, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Why is that I will statement? It's a state of being. It's a state of decision. It's a state of saying there's no wiggle room. This is what I'm going to do, and I'm not giving myself a way out. I will rejoice, and that will be my default position when I start my day. Isn't that a powerful statement? Instead of getting up and going, oh, I hate life. 
oh, this is miserable. Getting old is not for sissies. This sucks. Can you say that in church? I mean, how many of us say things like this when we get up? And right from the beginning, we're setting a course for our day. That leads to my next, my next verse is, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his purposes. Another way of stating this is, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's God's purpose that prevails. Another proverb puts it this way, there is a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to destruction. If you want a good direction right from the beginning, get God involved. Get God involved. He is your creator. He is everything. And when you get him involved, he says, this is why I created you, and you connect with purpose. And when you connect with purpose, passion comes next. We'll talk more about that. You're going to see that what I'm doing here is I'm, I, I'm using here lately a spiral method of teaching. The spiral method is that I'll cover something, and then I'll go off of it, but I'll come back around as we delve deeper into the matter. And so I may cover something and you see it again pop up in a sermon or two from now and then it'll come back again, it'll come back again because I want you to grasp it at a deeper level. And I'm trying to grasp it at a deeper level. Point number two, set your direction. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Point number one was, who do you want to be? And now you set your direction? Okay, this is how I differentiate the two. The other day I made a resolution of sorts, kind of how many of you know, I don't just, you don't just start on January 1st and you don't just end like two weeks in. You, you got to keep going with this thing. And so I made a resolution that I was going to be more active. I look at people that I admire. I look at the practices that they do and everyone that I admire and the person that I want to be exercises and is fit and in shape. And so I want to give myself the respect, this, this, this beautiful temple that God created. No, I, I mean, you have to speak blessing over yourself. Did God create you? Are you not the temple of God? See, some of us don't even understand what we're saying over ourselves. Oh, I'm, I'm this, I'm that, I'm all these negative things instead of saying, no, I am the righteousness of Christ. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. I know the Holy Spirit wants to be in a kept up temple. <laughs> and right now my temple's running down. I haven't spruced it up in a while. I need to spruce this thing up. So I, I made a determination that I was gonna what? Start walking every single day, if not once, twice a day. If not twice, once a day at least. And the moment I, I, I determined that, that was point number one, I had to set the direction and actually take off. Power up and go do it. And you know what happens? The moment you make a decision, it's like the world conspires against you. Am I the only one where the kids have everything to do, Melissa has everything to do, you guys are falling apart and calling me and doing all these things, and then it rains. And I'm not talking about like a little shower, like it's pouring down. And I'm going, well, I guess I'm not gonna go. <laughs> then you haven't decided anything. You don't decide until you actually move. Uh, uh, before you move, it's just wishful thinking. And so I put my raincoat on and we went. And when you step out, that's when you break through. Now I want you to, to consider this with me. This idea of powering up happens the moment you wake up. 
That's why that verse is so important to me. And I think you should keep it and memorize it as one of your life verses. Say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will, right from the beginning, set your day off in the right direction saying, this is my position. My default position is one of thanksgiving, one of dependence on God, one of reflecting on God, one of seeing and looking towards God, one of gratefulness. Did you know that gratitude drives out insecurity, fear, anxiety, and worry? Why? Because it immediately takes the focus off of you. When you're focused on you, it's easy to get overwhelmed because you're very limited and you put your focus on the one who is limitless. Because he is limitless and you start recognizing how awesome he is, you can stand in faith. So so watch this, gratitude This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. I will enter his courts with praise. When I focus on God, it immediately starts changing things in me right from the onset of the day. And so I enter the day with the power source that I need, and that's God, with the confidence that I need, and that's called faith. Now, faith in one version says, faith is what? Substance and evidence. In another version, it says substance and confidence. You want confidence for the day? Focus on God. When you start looking at how big your provider is, your problem looks pretty small. Some of us start the day looking at the problem. Come on. How many of us wake up first thing? I got a lot to do. Come on. Isn't that the truth? How many, oh man, I can't afford to be tired. I can't afford to feel this pain. I have way too much to do. I don't know how I'm going to get it all done. Uh, and I'm just like, I don't want to hear it. That's, see, that's what Melissa says to me. I don't want to hear it. What happened to this is the day that the Lord has made? See, I preach way better than I live. <laughs> how many of us know that to be true? We talk better than we walk. Oh man, I can talk up a storm. Kind of like Oklahoma. No. I'm just, <laughs> I had to. I had to. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry if you're from Oklahoma. But I, I had to. Uh, can I just say I'm a true Texan? <laughs> I had to. Listen. Uh, listen to what the Bible says about Thanksgiving. Praise the Lord. Praise is a, is a form of Thanksgiving. Joy comes from Thanksgiving to be joyful before the Lord. But watch this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and for his mercy endures forever. Listen to verse 118 or Psalms 118. This, that was 106. Now 118 says this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His mercy endures forever. Watch 136. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His mercy endures forever. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know what? You set that tone right from the beginning. Your day will be different. Your year will be different. Your week will be different. Your month will be different. And your life will be different. Right from the beginning. How many of you know that the enemy is working twice as hard to keep you from this? Twice as hard to keep you from this. Why? You can always know where the enemy is working by by what God has said. If God has said something to be so, the enemy will try to disprove it and try to negate it. That's all he does. He's not a creative being. He doesn't create anything. He just 
destroys. So if God says, this is how I create life, he tries to destroy it. And God is saying, I'm trying to create purpose in you. I'm trying to create life in you. I'm trying to create a promise for you. So watch Psalm 7, 17. I will give to the Lord the thanks due his righteousness, and I will sing praises to the name of the Lord, the Most High. Psalms 9. I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart, or with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. So, watch this. Your morning routine is so important. Now, some of you are going to go, okay, you're going to tell me how to brush my teeth. You're going to tell me how to get up and make my bed. No, that's up to you. But this is what I would do. I would immediately, declaration of faith, first thing before my feet hit the ground. After my declaration of faith, I would understand that motion creates emotion. If you take the word emotion, it's made of two Latin words, e, which means out, and movere, which is, we get the the Spanish word to mover. What does mover mean? To move. Out of movement, you get a very emotional feeling, a feeling inside. So wait, if I understand the definition of the word emotion, or in the, in the, in the root of the word emotion, you have the, uh, the, the idea that when we move, it creates something inside? Why do you think athletes, before they do whatever respective event they're gonna do, they move? How many times have you seen athletes do this? How many times do you see them? I can't do that too much, I'm liable to hurt something. How many times do you see them? You know, I can remember right now in my head, the the great fighter Cesar Chavez used to go. What was he doing? He's looking ridiculous. No, he's moving and he's getting himself ready because what happens out here affects what happens in here. Why do you think when you come into the auditorium, the sanctuary before God's presence, uh uh-oh, It's not a good idea to be like. But I feel it in my heart, baloney. Baloney, I'm not trying to get on you, I'm trying to help you if you let me. What you feel in your heart shows up on your body because God created you with integrity. He He created you to prove his character and his character is flawless. He says, watch this. He says, an apple tree will bear apples and an orange tree will bear oranges and a thorn bush will bear thorns. They don't get mixed up. Why? Because I'm a good God and you can count on me. You can count on me. You say, but there are some people that have a disconnect. Yeah, we call them sociopaths. I mean, I don't want to be one of those. So to me, I don't want to disconnect. I want what happens out here to reflect what's in here, and what's happening out here is reflecting what's in here. It's one and the same. So I need you to understand that your, your motion begins, your declaration of faith, your motion, you're getting into it. When you come into God's house, you're praising. Let's enter 2020 with your, come on now. What would happen to this house if God's men would show up like I can imagine David's mighty men showing up? They show up like, what are y'all doing? (laughs) 
We're fixing to do some spiritual warfare. We're gonna call down God's blessing from on high to bless our family, to bless our business, to push back the forces of darkness. We're asking the spirit of the living God to... Y'all ain't ready for that. No, no, what would happen in your family? What would happen over your children if, my, if, our, if our families, men and women, would come in and say, you can't have not one of my children. Say, not one of my children. Every one of them will serve the Lord. That's for me and my house. <laughs> Belief is number three. This idea of faith. Faith is important. Now, I shared with you this graphic in the series. Remember, we're doing the spiral. You go, man, you keep hitting this. You keep hitting this. I want you to understand how important your identity is. How important it is to read God's word because God's word is going to reinforce your identity over and over and over. He's going to tell you who you are. Your actions, your actions, listen to me very, very closely. You will not form actions, habits, rituals that are incongruent or inconsistent with who you believe yourself to be. If you look at your children and they're doing certain things, it's because they have a belief problem about who they are. And that's why you reinforce it by what you speak over them. Faith comes by hearing. The more they hear their father especially. Why? Because you have the God-given authority to shape them. The more they hear their mother. Why? Because you have the God-given authority to shape them. Well, listen, there's a heavenly father speaking over you. And he's giving you that awesome word. And when you open it up first thing in the morning, so you say, okay, you're, 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 you're going through this morning ritual and all I've gotten is a faith statement and get some movement involved and then do a 15 minute you time. Remember, who do you want to be? You are currently being who you will be. So my time is so important. If you don't have 15 minutes for your own time, then, then what are we doing? Dedicate 15 minutes to yourself. Split it up in five, uh, three five-minute sections. The first five minutes, Thanksgiving. The next five minutes, you pray for your family, your church. The, the last five minutes, ask yourself, what do I want out of this day? When you start asking the right question, it will spark something in you. But let's go back to this belief. Belief leads to your walk. The more walk you have, that's the substance, right? That's evidence the more you believe. So you can actually increase your faith by just get moving. Create some motion. You'll create more faith. Now I want to give you another step to this. Here's another graphic. Starts with belief. Here's belief. Here's walk over here in this corner. Now I've added two more. Thought and evidence or results. Results are important. You go, but pastor, what if I don't have results? What if I have the wrong results? Do you know that because God made you with integrity, you can start at different places and work your way into the right direction? This can work against you if you're not careful. You can feel like, well, I have horrible results, therefore I have a horrible faith or belief about myself, therefore I, I walk in a, in a bad direction, I think bad, I ask myself the wrong questions, I'm constantly negative talking myself, or you can use it in the right direction. And say to yourself, listen, God says all these wonderful things about me, so that's what I'm going to say about me. 
Faith comes by hearing, but do you know the Bible doesn't just mean speaking out loud. How many of us speak to ourselves, but we don't always speak to ourselves out loud? Am I talking to myself now? (laughs) How many of us speak to ourselves, but don't always speak out loud? Meaning, sometimes we speak out loud when nobody's around. But when people are around, you don't want to seem like that guy. Right? So you kind of keep it to yourself and you're like, man, why this and why that? And, and, and we're going to ask more about, the, we're going to talk more about these questions. But the truth is this, what you're saying is creating a belief system. So what you're saying creates your actions. Your actions create results. And that's what you ground your faith or belief in. And so what you say to yourself is very, very important. What you think, what you talk over yourself, and listen to me, write this down. If you don't talk to yourself, yourself will talk to you. What? Meaning, if you're not intentional about speaking life over you, this world is a, is a design of the enemy, and between him, this world, and your fallen nature, they will talk to you. And you will, de- you will default to being negative. How many of you know, some of you right now are already being skeptical about this? Saying, Pastor, this message is more of a motivational message. I don't like motivation. Because the problem with motivation is it doesn't last. And I would say to you, you're right, sir. You're right, ma'am. But neither does a shower, and it's a good thing you take one. Meaning you have to learn to motivate yourself. And that's what we're going through right here. We're going through motivating ourselves. We're also going through the idea that this doesn't last if you don't work it. But like they say, it works if you work it. Meaning if you get up every day and you say, I'm going to take control of my thoughts. I'm going to make sure I'm speaking life over myself. I'm not going to let the enemy weasel in. Listen, negativity, cynicism, skepticism, uh, pessimism, it doesn't take any faith to believe that. You want to believe? Let me show you what belief is. I'm 47 years old and I still believe God can use me. I still believe God can do great things in me and through me and despite of me. You go, oh, you're a, you're a young whippersnapper. I'm 74 years old and I think God can use me. That's faith. Anybody can throw in the towel and say, well, I just don't believe it. I just doubt. I just this. I just that. That's being hurt and living in the past because you're letting the past dictate your future. Yeah, we've all gone through hard times. We've all seen things not happen exactly the way we thought. Can you imagine if Joseph had gotten, come on now, if Joseph had gotten negative, none of us would be here. He was sold into forever slavery, accused of a crime he didn't commit, thrown in the lowest, deepest part of the jail, forgotten there to die, but yet he believed. Why? Because it takes faith to live this life. It takes faith, and that's what I'm asking you to have faith. Listen to what Jeremiah says. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Let that be one of your life verses. Let that be one of the verses for 2020. God desires to bless me. I know he does. And even when things don't look like a blessing to me, they're to set me up for my future. 
He's teaching me something. So in all things, I give thanks. In all things, I rejoice. In every circumstance and situation, I know, Lord, while I don't know what you're up to, I know that you're up to something. You work all things for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. And Lord, that's who I am. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. For we are God's masterpieces created in Christ Jesus, anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do good things. He planned for us. In one version it says, before the beginning of time. Isn't God good? But watch, this is how important it is to get, grab control of our thoughts. I want to go back, put, put the, the boxes again. Now, I've talked about belief and faith and actions. Now, I'm showing you the middle step, thoughts and talk, self-talk. Watch the power of this. You see it in God's word. Now, I'm going to Proverbs 23, 7. For as a person thinketh in his heart, so he is. Whatever you think and talk to yourself, that's the direction in which your life goes. Jesus is speaking to the, to the Pharisees, the religious leaders, and he's speaking very harshly to them because he wants to break through to their hard heart. And he says, brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? He's asking them a very pointed question. We'll talk right after this about the power of questions. Watch this. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The mouth will pour out what's in here. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Meaning, you have to watch what your heart is filled with. How do you watch what your heart is filled with? You have to direct it. And the way you point your eyes influences your heart. What you focus on. That's why I think Facebook is so just, ah. That's a, that, that's a good word for it. Ah. Ah, just, I mean, because people get on Facebook and they live these fake lives and then we start looking at each other's fake lives and envying them and getting all worked up and getting a bad heart. Why? Because of what we're focused on. How, why does that always happen to them? Why don't I ever get anything good? Look at them. They get so happy. Why can't I be happy? <laughs> Do you know that questions focus your life? No, why do I ask a question at the beginning of every service? Because I want to draw you in and I want you to lean in as I lean into you and I want to be able to present God's word to you. So right off the bat, I ask, how many of you are ready for God's word? How many of you are, are excited to be here? How many of you expect something good? Because immediately you're focusing your attention and you're saying, yes, yes, I'm ready. And if you ask a bad question, your mind is going to answer it. If you say, why aren't any good? Your mind's going to say, well, because you're this, this, that, and the other. Why don't good things ever happen to me? Because God doesn't love you. and because God... Remember, if you don't talk to yourself, yourself will talk to you. And so you have to be careful what questions you're asking yourself. Your questions are directing you. You have to guard your heart, the Bible says, right here. Keep your heart with all diligence. Watch what's influencing it, because out of that, your mouth is going to speak. And when you speak, you get faith. And faith what actions and evidence and results and you get on that, on, that, on that cycle going in the wrong direction, it's hard to get off. Very hard to get off because 
You're developing habits. You're developing rituals. You're developing life cycles. See, the mouth of the righteous is a well of life. Keep going. Jesus keeps saying, he said it in in Luke as well, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, number four, and this is where we finish for today. Set your eyes on Christ. Be intentional about what you're focusing on for this year. This is just the ground floor. You're saying, but you didn't give me any, you didn't, you didn't tell me how to set goals. You didn't tell me how to do all these things. You know, what, what should I do? I'm just giving you the ground floor. I'm saying this is, this is what needs to take place before you set any goals. <laughs> Get some things right or you're about to go off the tracks. Here we go. Set your eyes where you want to be, who you want to be. This is what God has for me. This is what's going to guard my heart. This is what's going to influence my heart. This is what I believe about myself. This is the way I will speak. This is what's going to influence my thoughts and determine your focus. Now, I want to do a quick little experiment with you to show you how powerful this is. I want you to get your state up. I want you to, to get excited. Remember, motion creates emotion. Come on, look to your neighbor, kind of push them around a little bit. Say, come on, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Get going, get going. Give, give, give me a few claps. Give me some power moves. Give me some power moves. All right, here we go. You got 10 seconds to look around this room and to count how many things you find that are brown. Don't start with me. I'm brown, but don't start with me. Brown, one, two, brown, 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 2006, seven, eight. Come on, brown, 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 stop. All right, now watch this. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Now begin to list for me all the things you saw that were red. Ah! What'd you just do? I asked you a question. I asked you a question. I redirected your mind from the previous question, but I was still on the previous question. That's why questions are so powerful. Now open your eyes and look for 10 seconds, red. Look for red, look for red, look for red, look for red. How many of you see way more red now? How many of you see way more red now? Why? Because you're looking for it. Listen, you will find what you're looking for. I think Jesus put it something like this. Seek and you will find. Seek and you will find. He, he, he actually, let's read that verse together. Matthew 7, verse 7 through 11, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. We're going to unfold this next week. We're going to talk about how Jesus talks about pounding on the gates, pounding on the door, not quitting. Get in your mindset right. If you're thinking already, you know what, I'm going to do this this, uh, New Year's resolution to lose weight, but I never lose weight. Right? I mean, what good is that? Or, you know what, hopefully I stick it out longer than I did last year. Last year I lasted three weeks. Maybe I'll stick it out three and a half. Or, I never stick to any resolution, so I think that's ridiculous. So you're basically saying, I'm not worth trying to improve. My future, I want it the same as my past. Think about what you're saying to yourself. 
ask yourself a great question, you'll get a great answer. Like, God, what do you want from me? What kind of person do you want me to be this year? What kind of father should I be? Why do you want me to be that, Lord? What do you see? Give me eyes to see what you see, Lord, that I may see my life over the next four, five, six, seven, eight, ten years the way you see them. And then, God, help me to understand how and what I must do and give me wisdom, God. See, then I'm asking the right questions with the right person involved and I'm talking it out of faith, out of faith. So, so seek and you will find, knock and you will be open to you, ask and you will receive. But you gotta ask God. Get yourself out of the way and quit saying, well, I this and I that. No, God, I've been the problem, but with you, all things are possible. If you be for me, who can be against me, Lord? I know, Lord, that you're the one who works in me the will and the ability to do what you have. Mm, mm, mm. All right, this is where we finish. Asking the right questions, keeping the right thoughts. Some of you might still be here thinking. I'm going to ask the worship team to go up. You might still be thinking, but pastor, um, I just, th- th- this sounds too much like worldly philosophy. No, I get it. You'll find a lot of what I said in Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich, as he details the, the, the strategies of Andrew Carnegie's life in wealth attainment. You'll find a lot of what I said in Zig Ziglar's talks. You'll find a lot of what I said in mo- multiple motivational speakers' talks. You'll find a lot of what I say in the concepts in Tony Robbins or Peter Lowe or Brian Tracy and all of these guys. And you go, yeah, that's the thing right there. Is it their fault that they're more hip to God's word than we are? No, 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 no. But but no, listen, anybody can be a critic, a skeptic, a cynic, a pessimist. Anyone can. What I'm talking about is having faith. I'm talking about at age 24 being diagnosed with a disease that Shouldn't have been that big a deal, but every year it got worse and worse and worse to the point that the doctor said, we don't know what to tell you. All we know is the next step is we're going to remove your colon. You'll live with a colostomy bag and your life expectancy is short. Now, I shared that with you before, but this is a spiral approach. Here we go. I'm going to go deeper. I didn't plan on doing this, but I'm going to share with you my heart. At 24 years old, 25, 26, 27, 28, when I was the prime of my life and my strongest, when I should be able to leap buildings with a single band. I mean, come on, when you were that age, what did you felt like you could do anything? But I'm stuck on a toilet every morning with my insides coming out and I have full of blood. Weak because I can't keep anything in. Going to the restroom, not once, not twice, not three times, but up to 15 times a day with severe cramps as my insides are being literally rotting and expelled. I used to say, this is humiliating. They invite me to go on a mission trip. How can I go on a mission trip? I would go anyway. 
always having to keep my eyes out for a restroom. I was invited to be the camp pastor for Salvador and a ship. We're going out on excursion and I have to find restrooms everywhere I go. I'm spotting I, just in case, just in case, just in case, just in case. I'm thinking to myself, this is supposed to be my prime. This is supposed to be when I'm supposed to go and have fun, experience mountain climbing, experience camping, experience all these things, but I can't. Why? Because I don't even know if I'm going to make it like physically. Don't tell me that, oh, oh, this is just a, a bunch of talk. I've lived it. When you have a choice to get up in the morning and say, this is the day that you have made because as long as you give me life, I have a choice to bless you and I will bless your holy name. It is not for me to tell you what to do, how to do, and when to do. You do with me what you will, how you will, when you will, for as long as you will because I belong to you and I gave you my life. But Lord Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy. But even if you don't, Heal me. I will still praise your name. I will still believe for more. And I will still believe for healing. And I will still focus my attention on you. I have a choice. And today, I willfully, when the chips are down, choose you. And even if no one knows what I'm going through, I will stand on the front row because Sundays were always the worst. And I will praise your name. With all my might, I will praise you. And I will get up on this platform and I will ask you not to humiliate me as I preach your word. And every Sunday, his grace was sufficient. Until 20 some years later, he healed me. Now don't tell me this is just motivation. Maybe you're here and you need to touch God. Because it's been tough. And the enemy's trying desperately to get you stuck in a moment. Maybe he's had you stuck in a moment. As the prayer partners come up, I'm gonna ask you to search your heart right now and as Holy Spirit begin to move in these hearts, begin to move on your people, begin to do what only you can do. And as the Holy Spirit pricks your heart, and you feel faith rising up inside of you. You know that certain something you need to let go of or you need to pray or you need to stand in declaration of faith. I don't know what it is, but I'm gonna ask you to come forward. As everybody begins to stand and begins to sing, I'm gonna ask you to come forward. Don't leave one prayer partner open. Come give him your need, come pray to him, come lay it down at his feet. Come pray in faith. Come on. Come on, church. Foundation, I love you. He is good enough. He is good enough. Come on and pray. Come on, engage him for 2020. Come on, church, help me encourage. Help me encourage. Yes, Lord, we love you. We're going to lift up our, our praise to you, Lord.